Welcome to Tech Whisperers, the podcast that takes you inside the playbook of the world's best digital leaders. This is a show for digital and business leaders who are passionate about learning from the industry shapers and market makers. Join your host, Dan Roberts, as he unpacks the unique stories, leadership philosophies, and answer the call moments that define and differentiate the best leaders of our day. Our goal is to help you gain an edge and move you beyond your comfort zone so that you are driving more impact and value for your team, your company, and your career. Let's get into the show and hear from another amazing tech whisperer. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Dan Roberts, and our guest today needs no introduction whatsoever. His leadership with three big brand companies, Nike, Mylan, and now with the Estee Lauder companies. Our guest today is also really well known for launching what's become something probably much bigger than he ever anticipated, but the Tech Day of Pink has become a really big deal. We'll talk about that today. He's also co-founder of TechPack, which is making a really profound impact on our industry and our future of our industry. This, of course, Michael Smith from the SD Lauder Companies. Michael, awesome to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you. So, Michael, you're, you're known in many ways, but certainly a business-first leader. You're known as a cross-functional leader. You show up in, in a very distinct way, purposely, intentionally. But let's talk about the SD Lauder companies a little bit. I don't think most of us can understand, appreciate the, the size, the scope, the complexity, a global leader in prestige beauty. I love that and what that means. Over 25 brands, many that we know, most that we know, a Fortune 213 company spanning 150 countries. So check me on these data points. And I think your revenue last year was around 17 billion. That's a big operation. So tell us about SD Lauder companies from your your vantage point. We are the only player really in prestige beauty across hair care, skin care, fragrance, and of course, makeup. You know, we were founded in 1946 by Mrs. Estee Lauder. She launched the company with four products. But if you think about a woman starting a business at that time and the big, bold ideas that she brought to the market and her approach of high-touch services, those are the types of things that continue to define us and continue to be part of our, really, our enduring strengths and our uh, CEO often talks about anchors and roots and, you know, anchors are those things that hold you back and, and you really want to cut them loose so that you can move forward. But roots are those things that are part of your heritage and they nourish you. And just from, from our very founding, just the, the principles of our very founding, we've created many, many of these roots. Yeah. I like that bold pedigree, right? And you don't get to be a $17 billion prestige beauty company globally without that. And I love listening to your CEO with Jim Cramer on Mad Money. I always learn something, and the way he talks about the business, it's very inspiring. Yeah, yeah he's a, an amazing leader. And I was speaking to interns earlier today, and one of the questions was, what are some of the common characteristics that you see in some of these great CEOs that you worked with before? And curiosity and learning, and then being able to turn around and teach and to coach and, and to bring people along. and. Uh, I think, like you said, you can see those in the Mad Money episodes. Truly, truly an inspiring leader. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I came to the Estee Lauder companies is there's so many amazing, inspiring, passionate, committed people here that walk the talk about our values. 
Well, you're in that category of inspiring leaders too. And one of your secret sauce areas is not only your playbook, but your ability to adapt it to different companies, different industries, different times. These have certainly not been uh, times for the faint of heart. Your business, your industry, you know, obviously uh, greatly impacted. Talk about your mindset around that. How do you adapt your playbook for those different situations? First of all, two things you start with, the mission of the company itself, and then the charge that you're given, uh, in my case, coming into a chief information officer role. That really is ultimately the context is that the mission of the company and the charge you're given as a CIO. And then it's about looking at the starting point. And I believe that there's a couple of things in the starting points that, yes, you can influence. Yes, you could push and try to change. But the reality is, when you're coming in and you're looking at your playbook, these are things that you need to adapt. And one of those is the ways of working of the company. Another one is the company culture. And in fact, my playbook is that I take the things that are great about a company culture and try to amplify them inside of my organization and really build on those strengths. In terms of the things that you can actually change, then it's a matter of looking at the talent that you have. Where are the strengths? Where are the the gaps in your starting point. And much like a new soccer coach coming into, uh, or a football coach coming in to look at a team and they've been running a certain system and they have certain skill sets in abundance and they maybe have others not as much because it's not part of their system. You have to take that into account with talent. What do you have? What can you work with? And then over time, have your plan for evolving and building the skills, you know, with the existing talent and bringing in new skills. And then of course there's the, the other start, key part of the starting point is what is your le- legacy technology footprint and what do you have to do there? I have to say in my roles, I have been very fortunate to follow great leaders who had done some amazing things and built a strong foundation. And I'll probably mess up the quote, but standing on the shoulders of giants. And uh, I've been fortunate to, to start with strong foundations and Yes, company cultures are different. Company ways of working are different, but strong foundations in the IT department. I knew it wouldn't take long for you to talk about culture and talent. So I think we were into like the second question, Michael. So uh, you didn't disappoint. It's always core to who you are, what you are. When we were prepping for this, I had to go talk to about a dozen other people in your circles. And as I said, describe Michael's superpowers. And one that comes to mind a lot, and you just exemplified it, it's class. A lot of people will put down their predecessors, right? It's like, ah, things were a mess when I got here. and But you're always so positive. The other one, and I'd like to have you talk about it, is the calm descriptor is care. You really genuinely care. You've got the human and your human being is so big. <laughs> just just talk about that if you want. It's going to make you a little uncomfortable, but it's part of your DNA, and I think it's part of the leadership success today. Probably the best way to talk about it is, you know, the three biggest influences for me in terms of leadership philosophy. I spent 22 years at Nike, so being in that culture, being around those leaders, it taught me to be bold, to pursue big ideas to be ambitious, you know, realizing that incremental change doesn't make a difference. It taught me that we can create our future, that we can create it and we can define it and we can understand it. And I think overall, my time at Nike gave me a a balanced view of risk. Um, And the, the second influence and probably the most influential was my father. 
And I learned from him integrity. I learned from him courage. And probably most importantly, I learned from him, not necessarily through his words, but through the words of the people that worked with him and for him was the love of others and this desire to be a servant leader and put the mission of the company and to put the mission of his team and the success of the people that worked for him first. Really, the third influence was a book that I received in my first management job at Nike called Leadership is an Art by uh, Max Dupree. It's an older book, but the truths are timeless. And it really is all about these things that I just talked about from Nike and from my father really coming together in this idea of servant leadership and the need for leaders to make commitments to their teams, to their organizations, to their, their consumers and to other stakeholders and how important that is. I think the other thing it influenced me is it, it really taught me about the importance of joy in, in the workplace and why that's important. But when I look on those on those three influencers, the, the one thing I saw either in role models at Nike or, you know, what I learned from my father or what I learned from this is, is really this idea of servant leadership. And Max Dupree in his book, one of the things he says is the first job of a leader is to set the context. The last job is to say thank you. And in between is about serving everyone else. And when, when I look back on what I've learned through this experience, it is setting the context, defining the future you want, and then making sure that you help people are all around you accomplish that because you'll never do it on your own. And then making sure that you have the right gratitude and recognition and acknowledgement for, for that help. Powerful. I'm pretty confident that your boy is going to say the same thing someday if they're not already, make it a little older, but no, that's pretty special. I know those Nike days were very, very foreign. It's a unique culture that just do it culture and so good out there. It's just, you, you get in that campus in Beaverton and it's like a whole different vibe, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's incredible. Speaking of joy, in these folks that, that I had reached out to, I always try to find somebody who can ask an audience question that can help us unpack your superpowers. So we've got a great individual that has been in the trenches with you a long time in many places. And so let's listen into the question and then you can tell us who this is, the relationship you have, and then answer the question. We've spent many hours discussing culture and its importance as the fabric that binds an organization together. You believe a critical success factor is the creation of joy rather than happiness. Describe how you distinguish between the two and how you foster joy across your team. That, that is Kimberly Saxton. And Kim and I first worked together at Nike, and we had the privilege of working together at Milan and also at the Estee Lauder Company. So so we have been together through a, a lot of different challenges and, and achievements. Just a, She's just an incredible leader, inspirational, and it's great, it's great to hear her voice. In terms of the question, I do talk about culture of joy a lot. I believe that it is critical and underlying to, to, to any successful organization. And fun or happiness is something that is temporary, right? We, we can go to a baseball game or a soccer match or a concert and we have fun, but then, then it's gone. Yes, we have a memory, but the fun is gone. Joy is something that sustains. And the way I'm defined joy, or I read that it was defined at one point along the way, was it is this sense of well-being and this sense of achievement. And, and when I think about well-being, it is making sure that we, as leaders, that we provide for people's well-being all the way around, whether it's financial security, that they don't have to worry about 
paycheck to paycheck that we're compensating them appropriately for the work that they do. But it's also safety in the workplace. It's psychological safety. It is having the flexibility to balance your, your life with your work is about having leaders that care about you. It's about maybe most importantly, knowing that your, your manager has your back. It gives you the freedom to take risk that as long as you are within the values of the company and policy, of course, and law and all those things, that you can take risk. And if it doesn't work out, your manager has your back and will support you through that. And also has your back in the sense of making sure that you have the resources you need, that they won't put you in the field of play without the equipment and the training and everything that you need to pr- proceed. And so that is the, the very first component that, that I believe in a culture, people have to have that sense of well-being, that they know that they're taken care of. That's when you get the best out of them. And then the second part of joy is achievement, right? I, I believe it is innate human nature that we want to achieve great things. And I don't know about you, but I look like even like emptying my email box or checking off my to-do list. Those are little achievements. But think about that little bit of like happiness and joy that comes right with that. But when we can do big things. And that's why I've been so excited to be at, at the companies that I've been at, to be a company like the Estee Lauder companies, where we, we are trying to drive a new level of consumer experience through high-touch services, through superior quality products. We're looking not just to be in the business, but to be a leader in the business. And as I mentioned earlier, I think that goes back all the way to Mrs. Estee Lauder. And so uh, super, super excited about that. I think the other thing that I would mention about achievement is you have to celebrate. You have to celebrate the achievement. And, and particularly, as the, I think, as a lot of people listening will know, as your organization gets bigger and bigger and bigger, sometimes it's hard to, to make sure that you celebrate all the achievements and you really recognize them and you see them. And one of the, one of the great things that, that we've implemented here and is coming up in July for us is what we call the Elite Awards, the Estee Lauder Information Technology Excellence or Elite Awards, where we have a peer-nominated and peer-judged awards that recognize great achievements, but great achievements that are also executed consistent with our values. And we've put together these 10 obsessions, IT obsessions that are really just an articulation of how the ELC values, the SLR companies' values, look in action within our organization. And we award on those based on those categories, great achievements, excellence in the context of those obsessions. And it's something that our, our employees have become come to value. And you know, we try to recognize all of our nominees, every nominee, we had over 100 nominees, and not just the finalists, not just the winners, but we really recognize every Wow. Well, I, I love seeing your stuff on LinkedIn. I see you celebrating your people. It's always, you're always pointing the finger at them and their successes, their achievements. I have great respect for your ability to create that culture of joy, to foster that care, that well-being, but also your team gets a lot done. I mean, it's, it's darn impressive what they accomplish as a team. I couldn't be more proud of them. I, I think we've at least 50, 60% increase in output in terms of what the things we've been delivering each and every year since I've had the privilege to be here, even in the COVID years, right? We were opening up new advanced manufacturing facilities, new advanced distribution centers, rolling out new R&D solutions, new analytics, new consumer-facing tools. Really during COVID, as foot traffic went away, 
people started to shop online, started to seek digital experiences, just responding to that. And not just what you see on your screen, but even the digital experience of how we deliver the product to you when you want it, where you want it. And so, yeah, I could not have been more proud of them to step up during what a complete change of how we work and to be fully remote and to deliver the things they've done. I couldn't be more proud of the team. Yeah, amazing story. Congratulations. And part of your playbook, Michael, I'm not sure people can fully appreciate is we live in this world of of speed and velocity and agility and go, 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 urgency. You succeed what I'll call with more patient persistence, a confident calm. I don't know if that's intentional, if that's just part of your DNA, but just talk about that if you could. I like speed. (laughs) I do like speed. I do like fast response. But I also, I think there's two things. One, I recognize that, and you know, and I've learned this over the years, that true, true change takes repetition and it takes time. And we have to be persistent for these things to, it's not, it's not different than when we talk about, you have to say something seven times before it, before it catches, or you do something every day for 30 days and it becomes a habit. These are the types of things that we hear and talk about. It's not different in any type of change that that we're driving or any type of initiative that we're going after. We have to be persistent. We have to make sure that we know that we're going to face, we're going to face the unexpected, sometimes adversity, sometimes pleasant surprises, but the unexpected always happens. And, And at the outset, you don't know what that's going to be, but you know what the outcome is that you're after. And so just being persistent and not giving up on that goal, I think is super super important. The other thing that I would say is I'm trying to build for the next 30 years, right? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be thoughtful of what I hand off to the next CIO. I'm trying to be thoughtful of what our stakeholders need in 10, 15, 20 years. And our chairman, Mr. William Lauder, talks a lot about patient capital. The fact that we're publicly owned, family held, family values, company, we have the luxury of investing for the long term. It doesn't mean that managing to the quarter, managing to the, the, those things are important, but we can make decisions as a company that are really about 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. We're a 75-year-old company. We can make decisions and be thinking about what is that impact when we're a 150-year-old company. And you know, I try to approach everything that we do with that idea of what is the long-term lasting impact. And so I think maybe that's part of the uh, what you're referring to when you think about that patience and patient persistence is it is really about the long-term. Not everything is about, you know, what do we deliver tomorrow? Right, right. Yeah, manage to the quarter, manage to the decade, right? It's uh, that tricky balancing act. and It is a very tricky balancing act sometimes, but it's important to master it. Yeah. Yeah. Part of your patient persistence, there are, I don't know if you've ever counted, but I I know of many CIOs out in the wild today, C-levels in the wild today, who still work for you. And I know that that's important to you, that you really invest in in your people. It is, for me, it's a, it is one of the things, if not the thing that I'm the most proud of in terms of, I I think every person thinks about legacy at some point. And if somebody said that that was my legacy, at the end of my run, then I would be super pleased. It's great stuff. And you talk about building for 30 years, you talk about building for the long term, and, and you're talking to a global audience of really smart technologists, digital leaders, right? 
Also customers. So I'll just plant that seed, but you, you already know that. Talk about the narrative. How are you, how is Estee Lauder companies leveraging technology to, to power the beauty uh, space? I mean, you're thinking about this in very innovative new, new, new ways, which makes it exciting to work there. I think we're really focused on, on a couple of things. One for sure is the consumer and for the consumer, how do we deliver superior, innovative products that meet needs that maybe they don't even know that they have, but, but superior, innovative products and, you know, applying technology into our R and D process into the, from idea conceptualization through testing claims and the actual manufacturing of the, of the product. The second area is for the consumers are high touch services. So making sure that we can get the product to them, that it's available when they need it, but also how do they interact with us in the store? How do they try our products? How well do we know them through personalization and, and other virtual digital high touch services? How do we ensure that their experience, whether they're, they're interacting with our brand through social media like TikTok or WeChat, versus being in a store versus being online at our site or at retailer.com or other venues that that they have a consistent experience uh, with our brand. And so for me, really, that is our technology agenda. It is about the consumer. Uh, it is about ins ensuring that she has these superior innovative products and that we're doing it with high touch services so that it's an incredible experience. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. I also know you're very laser focused on. We share this passion for tech for good, leveraging our platforms to to do great things. And you know, we're donating 125 thousand dollars in scholarships to our nine month leadership development program called Tech LX. And we do this cool thing on the show, as you probably know, where you get a chance to gift that a seat to that program to one of the the nonprofits that you're that you're working with. So anybody come to mind, Michael? He'd like to. Uh, have benefit from that that experience? First of all, I want to thank you for making that commitment to the broader community and in this case giving me this opportunity. But I really appreciate you going the extra, the extra mile to do that for the community. The Tech Pack is a coalition of chief information officers and technology leaders that are committed to advancing opportunity and diversity and inclusion in the technology uh, space. Our mission and vision is to ensure that anyone that has a passion for technology has the opportunity to succeed. And we are started in the summer of 2020. I had a, a number of CIOs that were lined up to speak to the town hall, my global town hall, and they were in related industries. And we we're going to talk about the impact of COVID on our consumers, on our business, our IT organizations. And it was in the wake of George Floyd. And Janet Sherlock actually was the one that asked the question. She said, you know, like Tech Day of Pink, the way we rally technology community around fighting breast cancer, could we do something similar in the technology space to advance diversity and inclusion? Because we have a, there is a significant in the industry, there is a significant underrepresentation of women, uh, Black and African American and Latinx. And what can we as CIOs do with that? And that, that inspired me. And, you know, I was able to go to Earl Newsom, who's current co-chair of the Tech Pack with me. He's CIO at Cummins and a number of others, Seth Carpian, Magooth Lathium, 
and start to architect what became the tech pack. And, you know, we had a number of founders that, and CIOs. And it's really beginning to, to blossom in terms of the difference that we're making. And our commitment is for us personally in our roles where we can make an impact to live to this pledge and to really advance diversity and inclusion. And we believe that as a collective, that that is something that will work. We, there's not everything that we can do to, not everything to close the digital divide is in our control. But the things that are, we can make a difference. And that's our pledge. Yeah, I really appreciate you all. That that work is amazing. I highly recommend people go to the website, TechPAC, P-A-C-T, and just look at the leadership team. Look at the mission, the work going on there and get involved. It's such a great, great endeavor. And then you made, uh, if you could just make a, a quick, another quick reference, you founded Tech Day of Pink. October, what's the exact date? And then what's what's that all about, Michael? October 2017 was the first year. And Tech Day of Pink this year will be Thursday, October 13th. It is always the second Thursday of October. You know, when I joined the Estee Lauder companies, one of the one of the first executive leadership team meetings I went to, there was a presentation because it was in early or late September, early October, presentation about the Estee Lauder Company's breast cancer campaign. And that's when I learned for the first time, I, I was not even aware of this, even though several family members and people close to me had been touched by breast cancer. I did not know that it was Mrs. Ev- Evelyn Lauder who founded the Breast Cancer Campaign, the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. She co-created what is now a very iconic pink ribbon. And, and that was really part of her creation. And I was inspired to, to do something. I wasn't exactly sure what we could do, but we decided to rally the internal IT team here at ELC to on that particular day to, to wear pink. To, and I pledged to, to donate money to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation for every social media post. Well, I ended up talking about this with several former colleagues and, and people that I work with. And I was surprised on the Tech Day of Pink as I was scrolling through social media, checking the hashtag that really that there were people at Nike, people at other companies I, I had worked at Milan, other companies I'd been associated with as a as board member, they actually had posted. And that's when the idea came, that, you know, we can rally a bigger group, we can rally the entire technology community. And so the next year, we made a more concerted effort, a number of CIOs agreed to, to donate. And we've since had individuals donating money on the Tech Day of Pink and activating their teams. It's an important cause because so many women are impacted. So many people in general are impacted by breast cancer. But not only is it this incredible cause and mission to to, to end breast cancer in our lifetimes, but for the CIOs and CTOs and CDOs and other tech leaders that are listening, it is an opportunity to to create purpose and to do something good with your individual team, to take that day to rally your team. And you can learn a lot more about how to do that on techdayofpink.com. Uh, we've set up a website to help people understand how they can activate their teams and, and be a part of this. And then obviously they can contact me. I'm, I'm very happy to talk to anyone about how they can help contribute to, to this mission. I love it. I love it. We are in a great profession, aren't we? I mean, we can impact in so many ways. You've just demonstrated just some of the pieces of what you're doing. I know you're doing much more, but really appreciate you, Michael, opening up uh, your playbook and your heart, your leadership philosophies, the stories about your dad and Nike. I mean, just so special. And uh, 
I want to let folks know that we're going to have another conversation and I'll, I'll publish a blog in a week on CI.com under the CI Whispers. And we'll get you talking about uh, more about the, the SD Lauder companies, the Omni experience you talked about. I mean, doing some really innovative work there. So I want to get, I want to go there. I want to see if I can get you talking about this thing called the metaverse. Everyone's all buzzing about that, but you're, you're, you're being very intentional with that, but really appreciate you, Michael. Thanks for, for coming and joining us. Thank you for having me. Developing a robust pipeline of future-ready IT leaders who know how to show up and engage differently is paramount to success today. If you would like to learn more about the Tech LX Leadership Development Program that Dan talks about in the podcast, we invite you to visit techwhisperers.net. Equip your workforce with a new mindset and skill set needed to maximize impact, increase engagement, and build a world-class talent magnet brand. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolet and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.